and welcome to the Untitled Female Driven Podcast. We are three film and television writers who are here to talk about how to make it as professional writers in the entertainment industry. This podcast covers what we wish we'd known when we were getting started, and you can learn the easy way what we learned the hard way. I'm Jess Cho. I mostly write for television. I'm Hannah Rosner. I mostly write for television as well. And I'm Erica Schreiber. I mostly write for features. Today, we just wanted to talk to you guys about our year, right? The best of our year, the worst of our year. The year, by the way, is 2021, uh, in case you're listening to this in like 2045. Now you've got me thinking about what if somebody like finds this in a time capsule after the apocalypse that's bound to happen in like 2045. And this is all that's left of civilization is this podcast episode. This podcast. Oh my no God, pressure. we're going to inspire so many aliens to become screenwriters. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, whoa, those personal bests and worse. I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it. Let's go back, guys. Let's go back to our Yeah, no, look, Go back to the pitch meeting episode. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing for the holidays? I always have a very chill holiday. I just go back to Texas to see my folks. What about you guys? So I'm mostly staying here. My whole family was here for Thanksgiving and my parents stayed. And so uh, I finally have my house back. And so my husband and I are going to go see uh, Metallica in San Francisco. Very cool. The ultimate holiday band. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, I hope they play like, take all pals, take all pals or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and also we're going to see, I have some family up there. We have some very special friends who live up there who we're going to go see. It's actually going to be a very busy little trip. And uh, my dog, Henry, will be having a vacation from us by hanging out with uh, one of my best friends who's going to be house and dog sitting for us. And I'm sure that will lead to some very adorable photo ops. And then my husband's going to uh, Pittsburgh, where he's from, and I am staying here and with Henry, the dog. And then Rodney will be back for Christmas Eve and we'll spend Christmas together. But it was just really expensive to go to Pittsburgh for the holiday, both of us yeah. over Christmas. And then what to do with our dog became a, like, we really debated taking him on an airplane. But like, honestly, Jess and I were speaking of stress dreams. That's like a real life stress dream is taking my anxiety ridden rescue dog on an airplane with me. So what about you, Hannah? I'm going to Chicago next week with my husband, Josh. My mom lives in Chicago. I hope it snows because it is pretty magical to be in Chicago when there's like a white Christmas. It's like we do all the things. We go to see It's a Wonderful Life at the Music Box Theater where like carolers play and the guy that um, plays the organ at Wrigley Field, he like comes and plays piano. This guy dresses up in a Santa suit and everyone sings and then we watch the movie and everybody like has like jingle bells and like rings the jingle bells when Clarence comes on screen. It's like it's. So it's so cute. And um, we just really lean in hard to Christmas in Chicago. So we'll be doing that. And then uh, for New Year's, we're going to fly down to New Orleans where my dad lives and spend New Year's with him. So super excited. Can't wait. Great. Just to be honest, guys, and maybe you feel the same way. I'm like tired down to my soul (laughs) from this year. (laughs) Yeah. Just so tired. And like, you know, it wasn't, you know, some some terrible things happened this year, both to the world and you know, to me personally or professionally and like some great stuff happened too. Like, but yeah, it's just, I don't know where this pandemic is just still, still dragging on and so is gerrymandering and oh wait, maybe we, we lost abortion rights. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> things are going great out in the world. Things are super great, but also like, I feel like in the entertainment industry, things are getting just more 
and more narrow. People are making Marvel movies and Star Wars movies, and then they're making prestige movies. And I, the mid the mid budget movie is disappearing. You know, if we're talking, if we want to get into like kind of best and worst, like one of my worst things was one of my projects died this year, and it was one I was really excited about that seemed. We had a director. It seemed really solid, like it was really going to happen. And when I got the call from the exec, from the producer, he was just like, look, I don't know who makes this movie theatrically anymore. I don't know that I can convince anyone to spend money to see it in a theater in how the world is now. And that really made me sad. I was going to say, that's such a bummer, man, but that doesn't really (laughs) encapsulate because you put in all that time and that work. I wanted to go back to something you were saying, Erica, about being like so tired. I hadn't really understood what burnout truly meant until I think the end of last year. And then it just continued all through this year. When I was trying to break in as a screenwriter, I was like, okay, I just have to keep my head down and keep my nose to the grindstone. And then once I get past the beginning phases and I I move into like the mid-level phase, then I'll be good. Then I can just like hit cruise control and I can relax. Well, obviously, I'd love to hear y'all's <laughs> opinions on this, but I have not found that to be the case. <laughs> I think there are a couple of people who get to do cruise control, but we might all three of us be too ambitious to ever really do cruise control. A lot of people who are those, you know, like mid-level writers who move from show to show, like, first of all, that's getting harder and harder as seasons get shorter and shorter. But yeah, I feel like the farther I get, the more effort I have to put in, but like, the more useful my effort is, which is satisfying. But, you know, like when I was trying to break in, I would think about doing all kinds of things. Like, what should I have a website? You know, like, should I write, you know, this kind of thing? Should I be trying to position myself this way? And now that I've moved a little farther along, I'm like, okay, I don't need a website. I'm positioned, so I don't need to worry about that as much. I need to put efforts into becoming a producer of my own work and and stuff like that, aiming for more control over my career, which I can now focus on because my career has started. I feel like I wasted a lot of energy or I I look back and I, it seems like wasted energy doing a lot of the things that I was doing earlier in my career, but none of it was ultimately wasted because it was all either useful experience that taught me something new or it was not useful, but it taught me not to go down that path. Like, you know what not to do, which is point of this podcast, right? What what to do and what not to do very much so. But yeah, I, I hear that. And I hear you about burnout, Jess, as you were talking, I was like, this is literally my journey of 2021, especially with between the pandemic and just my job in March. It was all great, but I was absolutely getting burned out. I had, you know, was on set during a pandemic in Atlanta for six weeks. And it was kind of bleak, even though being on set was amazing, but actually being in rural Georgia outside of Atlanta, people were sort of acting as if there was no pandemic. And so that was very strange. And then, you know, some members of my family got COVID and I was away from my husband who I'd become very codependent on after a year (laughs) in quarantine. And then like after producing that episode and doing like 14 hour days for six weeks, I then went and wrote, immediately wrote another episode. And so I felt extremely burnt out and I was actually worried because I remember having a call with my manager, like as our uh, season was wrapping up and he was like, so what, you know, what do you got next? Like, what are you working on next? And I was like, I felt like I was letting him down because I had nothing. I had no ideas. I had no creative inspiration. I was just like at 0% battery. And I thought, is this gonna, is this it? Like, have I just run out of ideas? Is this the, you know, is this the end of my, like, I was really the freaking right out. old age of 30. <laughs> right. Hannah's done. And then I realized it was just, it was burnout. I was truly burnt out and I needed a break. When you need a break, 
take it. Also though, the question of like, so what's next? I was like, dude, what's now? I do hate that. I'm like, guys, I've given you a bunch of other things that you can be taking out. Are you knocking at my door? My bottom of 2021, the worst thing that happened to me was, was breaking two fingers. (laughs) It's just going to go down in history. (laughs) Just the worst, right? And just like, I can't remember how much of this story I told you guys, but I was away with friends. We were playing this game called Gaga Ball, which is a dodgeball, but worse. And um, I watched her on the whole weekend with broken fingers, not realizing it because we had a doctor in our group and she's like, I think they're just sprained. Anyway, we go home and um, I go to the doctor and yes, like my fingers are broken. And then the, the theme of my year has been, fuck you, just kidding. It's worse. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I sprained my fingers. Fuck you. Just kidding. It's worse. They're broken. Uh, fuck you. Just kidding you have to have surgery. Fuck you. Just kidding. You have to have two surgeries. Uh, fuck you. Just oh kidding. God. There were complications to that surgery. Fuck you. Just kidding. You have to wear a cast for six weeks, like just all of it. So, and this is actually the first time I've ever broken a bone, which I'm sure makes me a whiny baby, but like, uh, it's awful. So yeah, I'm honestly still dealing with this. Like I am still in occupational therapy twice a week. I still, I'm like 90% of the way back, but I still don't have full use of, of my left hand. And I was on two jobs when this happened. And so, you know, everyone was so nice. Get yourself some producers who send you massive amounts of cookies. <laughs> you break your fingers. <laughs> My manager sent me like the nicest gift basket. Um, the execs I was working with at Freeform, we had had conversations about like my favorite tea and they just like bought out the tea store and sent it to me. So like, that was all great. But I still was in this position of like, I have to write two scripts with, with a broken hand. And um, I didn't want to take a break. I didn't want to sit around and think about how much my fingers hurt and how long I was going to be wearing this cast with everything that was already going on. It really, I won't say it broke me, but it came really close. Like I was really, when things are already bad and something bad happens, you have like no gumption left to deal with it. How did you write with only one hand? I imagine it slowed you down and I imagine it sucked. Did you have any sort of, did you have to figure out any hacks or did you like, how did you adjust your process of just literally the the mechanics of typing when you need to, that's your job. I wrote one handed, sometimes one and a half handed when I can handle it, but for shorter periods of time, everyone was like, Oh, why don't you try voice software? And I was like, cause I'm rewriting. I mean, I would like print things out and make notes with my right hand. Luckily it was my right hand. That was fine. Um, I'm right-handed. I wrote shit one handed. And this kind of takes me to the best of my year, which is I finished the best TV script I've ever written. And I wrote the best movie I think I've ever written while having broken fingers or recovering from broken fingers. And that's fucking awesome. And I'm really proud of that. That's That's awesome. If either of those things actually gets made, I will be on the DVD commentary being like, so I broke my fingers (laughs) until the end of time. (laughs) The best movie anyone has ever written with one hand. (laughs) What about you guys? I actually had a pretty good year. Like I, I can't really complain. I got to come back on Legacies. I don't know if this is the best, but it was definitely awesome that I actually had another year on my Warner Brothers workshop agreement, which is like the agreement that I remain under while on the show for, for three seasons. It was supposed to be my last season on the contract. And I had said, okay, I'd, I'd like to be promoted because that would be reasonable to ask for. 
And like my first season, I was a staff writer. They made me, they do this a lot to workshoppers and it's, it's just really unfair. So get yourself a good lawyer. Um, if this happens to you, but they wanted me to repeat staff writer and my boss luckily fought for me so that I at least didn't have to repeat the entire season. I did, I got a mid season bump to story editor. And then my third season, I was like, I should be executive story editor because I produce a lot. I'm very involved. I've written five episodes. This just makes sense. And they were again, like, no, they wanted me to, again, like repeat story editor for another half season. And between my amazing reps and my boss, I was able to get bumped up to ESC. And instead of continuing my contract, they gave me a new three-year deal, which was really, really exciting and really awesome. So that was, that was a good thing that happened this year. But I'd say the worst professionally, I suppose, was just that burnout that I talked about. I was on set for 12 to 14 hours a day. And then the days that we were just in prep, I would also have to be on Zoom and go back in the room and be in the room until like nine, 10 o'clock my time in on the East coast. So it was, it was really long days. And then on the weekends I had taken a general and had sort of gotten involved with some producers with a, with a pitch. And so it was one of those situations where I did a ton of free work on my weekends when I probably should have been resting and recuperating from these crazy long days. And instead I was like developing this pitch and practicing it and fine tuning it pitched it and it went nowhere. It, you know, they decided to go a different direction. So that was definitely a, a huge bummer. And I think part of the bummer was, I think I talked about this on one of our other episodes, was that the producer that I had initially pitched to was awesome and loved the story and and was um, really on board. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to pitch to my boss. And the boss was just so like, why would anybody watch this? Like, whatever, who cared? He was so dismissive. And so that really took the wind out of my sails and then nothing happened with it. So it was like the lesson there was, and yes, it's like, you should take opportunities and go out for OWAs and this and that, but the timing was just wrong. I also didn't know I was going to be in Atlanta for six weeks. I thought I was going for two. So that made a big difference. But I think the lesson learned that I learned there and the takeaway that has actually really served me for the remainder of this year was just to take a break when you need it and rest and recharge and don't feel like every on the weekend you have to continue at operating on full cylinders. Like my, my dad had come to visit me and I, I rarely get to see him. You know, I was like really excited to see him, but I was like, Oh, I have to spend a couple hours working on this pitch. And I like really regret spending time on that stupid pitch when I should have just been spending quality time with my dad. So, you know, sort of, forced me to rethink my priorities. Well, to be kind of past Hannah, you had no idea that this pitch would go nowhere when you were working on it. And, you know, like we make these decisions and, and focus on the thing only to find that the thing is not the thing. And that random side project that you worked on three years ago is suddenly back alive or whatever. I have compassion. I found myself, I think, in a similar situation. Like I have a full-time job with my TV show, but then a couple of OWA opportunities came my way. And maybe I'm still in that sort of beginner writer scarcity mode, or maybe as Erica put it, I'm just very ambitious. I don't like to say no, especially if I think it's a project that I can do pretty well. And so I just completely overstretch myself. And every weekend it's like, okay, I have to do this project and then I have to do that project next weekend. Then after the writer's room ends every day, I have to spend two hours doing this thing and that thing. And that's been going on for probably nine months now carefully allotting every minute of my day to what I need to do. And it becomes this weird thing of, I like the projects. I know I can do them well, or at least tell a story that I want to tell. But at the same time, because I'm stretched so thin, I feel a little bit of a joy. I think I would have had if I had been more judicious 
in choosing things is stretched very, very thin. And so now it just sort of feels like just work mostly. I don't want to say it sound ungrateful. I'm thankful for the work. I am grateful for the work. It's just this weird thing of like, how do you balance your work and your life and hold on to the things that like made you start this career in the first place? And I think that's something we're going to keep struggling with. If we all become mega moguls and showrunners, like the writers whose careers I emulate are like so busy and working on so many different things and and also facing a high rate of failure. There are big writers who their passion projects still don't get made, but their X-Men movie does. So yeah, I don't know. I think this is something that it's probably best to develop good habits now being protective of our time and making time to see Hannah's dad and making time for just to sleep after her writer's room and making time for me to actually recover after surgeries. Like we got to start it now, right? Like, cause it's only yeah. going to get worse. Yeah. And just being realistic about what you can accomplish with the time that you have. I, I feel like I've always just been way too ambitious. And like, I was looking through my journal from last year and like looking through like my goals for 2021 and, um, all the things I wanted to accomplish. And I always set way too high of expectations. That's like, they're absurd. There's no way I could possibly write all these scripts, do all this stuff. But, but then when I look back and I'm like, okay, I actually did that. Like I did, I, I did that and I did something different and I actually did accomplish a lot. I just, um, didn't accomplish like the billion things that I put on this piece of paper a year ago. And that's something I want to do differently in coming in the years, manage my expectations and be more realistic with what I can actually accomplish and not be so hard on myself that I don't, because I'm setting myself up for failure. There's no way I can accomplish all these things. So I'm inevitably not going to get there. And then I'm just going to be hard on myself and it's not, it's not helpful. It's just a waste of energy. It's important not to be too hard on yourself. I know we've, we've talked about that on this podcast before, but it definitely bears repeating of like, don't beat yourself up, <laughs> you know, like you, you're going to accomplish what you can accomplish. And if you don't do more than that, then you weren't able to do it. I don't think that most people are lazy. I think, mo you know, like a lot of us are like, we just get overwhelmed and overly ambitious. And then when we don't do the thing, instead of looking at why we weren't able to accomplish the thing in like a rational manner, we're just like, well, I just suck. I didn't do it because I'm not good enough or I didn't work hard enough. And maybe you didn't do it because it's a pandemic and you needed to fucking nap. There's definitely a sense. I don't know if you guys are getting the sense that like the world at large, or at least the, the, the capitalist overlords that run our lives are like time to get back to like, things are normal. Come on. Like everything's fine. Everything's back to normal. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And everyone is just sort of like, uh, okay, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's normal. And it's like, it's really not, it'll ne probably never, never be normal again at the way things are going. And so it's really hard to balance the mixed message of, of my brain is telling me that it's still a very strange new world and we have to be very cautious and a lot of things are different. We're not used to it. Also, I don't want to go back to normal. A lot of things were worse during the pandemic or are worse, but there are things that are better, like the ability to work from home and, and stuff like that. And like, I don't want to go back to how things were before. I want to incorporate what we've discovered works better despite our capitalist overlords. So my best wasn't one thing that happened to me, like I sold a thing or I got a job. I think the best thing that happened to me this year was between when I took my new job for this year and I was in my new writer's room, I noticed gradually, but I did notice how much better I had gotten just across the board. So my ability to pitch in a room, my ability to think, I had usually been like very detail oriented or scene oriented. 
but suddenly to like go up to the you know four thousand foot view and look down at everything, my fundamentals had gotten a lot better, character work, structure, all of that stuff. And I think because I saw that I had gotten so much better in all these areas from my last job to this job, I was able to enjoy the work more because I had less anxiety every day when I was starting out. Whenever I'd get up every morning to go to my writer's room, I would just have little mini anxiety attacks all morning and into the room I would just be so, so anxious because like, oh, I have to prove myself and I have to get better. I'm not good enough yet. Now that I have that a lot less, I'm just able to enjoy the process a lot more. So I, I would say that's the best thing of 2021 for me. I love that's it. That's awesome. Can I send us off on a last question, which is what are you most hoping for in 2022? I'm hoping for something that I don't even want to say it out loud because I don't want to jinx it. I'm very superstitious. Totally fine. I just want to get something made really, really badly. And I hope that it happens. So I'm just putting it out there in the universe, but hopefully it's superstition proof and it'll actually happen. I'm in the same boat. I wrote something that I really love and that has other people involved who really love it. And I don't want to jinx anything, but we are all going to be working very hard to try to get it made in 2022. So that's that's my thing as well. Same. Uh, I'm involved in a project and the project is for a novel I read. And I, it was my favorite novel of 2021. And I had reached out to the author as sort of like a Hail Mary. That's the project that I'm really hoping for. So it feels nice to have like a team and people rooting for me to like try and sell this thing. That's great. I can't believe they let you option the Kama Sutra. <laughs> well, you know what? No, nobody's had the right take yet, but Jess is. No one has. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm seeing. I'm seeing Seth Rogen, Priyanka Chopra, and, and yeah, and it's hard sci-fi. Yes, hard yeah. sci-fi. Of course. <laughs> well, guys, it's been a highlight for me this year to do this podcast with you guys. Like, even just like if I'm having a bad day, just like getting on, uh, you know, over <laughs> TriCast and talking with you guys uh, always just makes me feel better. It's always wonderful to talk to. Well, a other writers, but be just awesome human beings. Oh yeah. That was actually my personal best was this was my dad's top podcast of 2021. He did his Spotify wrapped and it was funny. He sent me like a screenshot of it and it was like, did you guys do your Spotify wrapped? Oh yes. You know, very exciting. (laughs) Very very embarrassing. Same, same. But it was like, you know, they always had something pithy, like you feel like you have coffee every morning with this podcast. And so his was like, it's okay if you consider this co-host's a member of your family. And he was like, what the fuck? She he was like, is a member how of do my they family. know that, that you're my daughter? I was like, dad, I think they're just saying that. But he was, he, for a second, I was like, that is really weird. Well, thank you, Hannah's dad, for being such a great listener. <laughs> yes. Thanks, dad. Number one fan. Thanks to all of you, all of our listeners for helping us get through 2021. You are all awesome. And we want to hear what your guys' goals are and what you want to talk about in 2022 and what you want to learn more about. So please reach out. We wish you guys the best 2022 and a happy and safe and healthy holiday. And please follow us on Twitter if you're not already. Our handle is at Untitled Female. And if you want to connect with us there or you want to email us, our email is untitledfemaledrivenpodcast at gmail.com. And please, please, if you'd like to give us a holiday gift this year, uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We would love if Santa could deliver some awesome ratings. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. See y'all in 2022. Bye. Bye.